quick intro here. So uh, what you're seeing today, if you're if you're listening to this episode, whichever one of the two it is, uh, what I've done is uh, we had an episode that was set to release last week, but it became outdated in a day about um, with the uh, Red Bull Volo finals happening and the 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 stress test happening for AOE four. So what we're decided is we're gonna we're gonna create some Frankenstein episodes. Um, so. The first part of each episode will be our discussion from last week. Um, if it's in the Red Bull Wool Low Camp, it's just talking about all the things going into the quarterfinals. Um, and then the second part for the Red Bull Wool one will be us talking about the quarterfinals and the finals. So that'll be exciting. Um, for the other episode, it will be us talk. Our first part will be us talking about the Holy Roman Empire, a little bit of history mix in there. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then uh, I watched some of streams of the stress test so maybe my first initial reactions to that so that is how the episodes are gonna go and we'll see you on the flip side Okay, and now we're going to move on to the Red Bull Wololo 5, uh, which I'm sure many of you have been watching. Uh, so um, it's going on right now. It will pretty much be done or close to done by the time this episode comes out. Um, but uh, the group stages, or would you call this group stages? I guess you can call it group stage. Yeah, it's kind of weird stage. It's like a column base. It's it's a Swiss. It's a it's a round four of Swiss. Um, but are they all in groups? Uh, they groups. The groups are based off their win loss ratio. See, okay, so as someone who has lots of experience with this kind of Swiss format, um, the one thing that I that I'm kind of wary of is like it's kind of random right uh they did some initial rankings i don't know if uh like the casters and then the other players like voted on each other but they had some kind of uh like initial rankings whatever they call it true i think they were calling it true ranking and i don't know what that means i never heard how they judged it i just think it's kind of wild that mbl oh no sorry that Viper and Hera played round two. <laughs> I think some of that they had to have staged. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they they know they, they won a Viper-Hera fight early on. Uh, like the first day, their their prize fight at the end. Let me see if I can tell who it was. They want to really have a habit. No, so you watch most of these. Are there any big ones that stood out for you? Any results that stood out for you? How how would you feel the first uh, the the Swiss rounds, the group stage went? Uh, interesting to me was NBL was on the edge of not making it in. So they finished they finished the group stages now, and, and they got the top eight going into the weekend. Uh, the other the bottom six are going home, uh, but NBL barely made it in. And there was, it was interesting, the very last game, if Jordan had beat Leary, then I believe it was MBL and uh, Valles would have been tied. So Mm. they both would have been tied for eight. And I'm not sure what they would have done because they had four or five tiebreakers to make sure it wouldn't happen. Um, So that was interesting. Doubt was back and forth. Uh, He won two best of threes and he lost two um he actually lost the first two right in a row so he he was on his way out it looked like but he fought back had some very good games um today this morning the very first game uh nikov versus i think he played who did he play today barrels they had an excellent first game um i think barrels took the set but Barles had Nikov pinned in, pinned to the back of his base. He had like 
two castles on one side, two castles on the other, keeping Nikov pinned. And then somehow Nikov pulled it out. It was incredible. So game um, to watch is game one from Nikov and Barles. Yeah, Probably game one. Game one of uh, yeah, Nikov Barles was crazy. Um, I'm looking here and probably to my surprise, Cap Capoc Capoch, yep. Capoc Capoch, <laughs> um, has made it through by beating down Winchester and then losing to Jordan and Harrow. But I have not heard of his name before. He is, however. Definitely seems like the underdog that made it through the, the quarterfinals. So that's pretty exciting. I don't know how you'll do against Jordan. Um, given that he's already lost to him, but he has to play him again in the quarters. Uh, but best of luck. He is definitely the underdog story going in. The Viper is playing Doubt in the quarters. Harris is playing MBL in the quarters. And Leary is playing Tato. Um, so I this is a great uh, lineup, I feel. Um, definitely a lot of them I did expect. Um. Uh, what is it? I feel like a lot of these players you would expect when you're kind of going in. Um. Yeah, I feel like Tato this year has not. Um. I'm looking. I'm looking at his like liquid Peter right now, and the last time he's won, he won third place in uh was the last year December. So he has not really done so well in 2021. So I'm actually excited to see how Tato do, does here. Um, maybe Liquipedia isn't updated. So if forgive me if he has won something since then. But uh, it seems from major tournaments, at least he, he hasn't done as well. So that's exciting. You have your Hera Viper Leary <laughs> trifecta. You have Doubt, who's definitely made a name for himself this past year. So that's very well made a name for himself. I'm going to I'm going to stop before I continue on there. Um doubt who's been in the scene forever but i feel has broken out this year is that fair to say yeah as he's one of the oldest a, players <laughs> he's had a he's had a comeback year and he's he looks i feel like doubt is the most relatable for me because there can be games where he's incredible and there can be games where you have no idea what he's doing and i feel like that speaks to me on a spiritual <laughs> level some games i'm just on it and i'm destroying other games i don't even know how to play this game and uh, I think that's why a lot of people like Doubt because he's kind of uh, he's kind of a gunslinger. You never know when he's going to pull out. So Doubt, I know when he won uh, the tournament, was it Red Bull Wolo that he won? Yeah, he won. Yeah, three uh, I um, this, yeah, against two, Leary in the finals. There, I know he was doing a lot of like uh, horse archer play. Yep, still doing um, that. Is he still doing that? Okay, that's what <laughs> I want to ask. <laughs> he did a lot of a lot of cav archers. Uh, this week, especially when he shouldn't be doing cab archers, but he loves he loves cab archers. Um, so going into this, uh, Dow made it through. Dow actually lost to uh, yeah, uh, Kapoch and lost to Jordan. Beat Nikov. Beat Tato two to one. I think the fact that it's a best of the three actually gave some pretty crazy results. Because um, a lot of these high end players, if you have a best of three, like it's a lot easier. Uh, yeah. to really to really win um so i i think that's actually a lot of fun i do like that more and more do you see any notable exception that didn't make it through that you felt like oh this is a player that probably should have made it into the quarterfinals here vinchester surprised me because of the last red bull back in june vinchester was all over the place i thought he was taking it he was playing some of the best age i'd ever seen um and then he Finished 11th here, losing, beating Slam, but losing to Capoch, Hera, and Belize. Uh, and I think that's just kind of the draw. Like Capoch, he probably could have taken that one. Uh, he won, he lost, he won one and lost two. Hera, he didn't win a single game. That's expected. Hera is incredible. Uh, and then Belize, he's lost one and then, or lost two and won one. So he could have taken that series and probably would have put him back in the top eight. Uh, other than that, I don't know a lot of these a lot of these folks. Barles was new to me. I don't know if this is like his first big tournament, uh, but I hadn't heard of Barles before. I've heard of Dogal, uh, Nikov, Slam. I've heard a little bit, um, but these guys are all the best players. And if you take the fourteen best players and you got to take eight of them and send six home, somebody's got to go. Here's uh, what's the thing, though. Like I think very much the top four is the top four, right? 
I'd be hard pressed to switch like Hera Viper Leary Jordan. Hera I'd be Viper hard- Leary, I agree with. Jordan, I don't know. Sometimes mm. I feel like Jordan he makes decisions that I question. Like I'll, I'll be watching him and he'll be doing incredible and then he'll just fall over. And it, it does it's nothing he does wrong. Like I, I can't put my my finger on. I it. think you're right. Sorry, I might be just valuing too much because I actually watched the Hidden Cup where he did he got second, right? Um, yeah. So maybe I might be valuing my recency bias on this one. Okay, yeah, I've changed my mind. <laughs> Hera Viper Leary, a hundred percent on the top three. Um, but like you look at you know nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I would say even right, they could all compete for those like six, seven, eight spots. I feel pretty. Yeah, pretty yeah. anybody there is interchangeable. It really comes. I think down I think Barles definitely felt like the newcomer. Um, I don't know too too much about him. Um, but he's Polish, so you know I have a reason to cheer for him, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I really want to see Hera pull this out and get the W. Um, but sort of honestly, watch, watching the games, Leary's playing incredible, of course, 4-0. Uh, he beat Viper. Uh, he beat Jordan. Those are two really good players, of course. But Viper's also playing some of his best games of recent memory. So... Either one Viper's. of those could easily take it. I wouldn't be surprised. Ooh, exciting, exciting. So if you do want to catch it, probably just tune into Twitch right when you're listening to it, if it is the weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, and go, the weekend. Yeah, go to the Age of Empires uh, Red Bull, or I mean Age of Empires 2. I'm sure uh, it'll be the top stream then. So it should probably be on and catch those playoffs, and I'm sure it'll be very exciting. And uh, next time, if we remember, uh, we'll go over the finals. That sounds like a like a plan. Um, anything else to add, Boxer Um, uh, I don't think so. I've really enjoyed Red Bull. And uh, if you guys don't watch that, you're missing out. Uh, you can catch the VODs on the Red Bull channel. Uh, it's Oh, it's also an incredible... I don't, I don't know how much you know, how much you've been tracking. They're actually doing this at a castle. Did you know that? Oh, right. This is the LAN, right? Yeah, this is a land. This is I the first the, land in like forever. Yeah, sorry. I feel like we <laughs> we should have hit like that to I, begin with. I did not know. I did yeah. not know about Heidelberg Castle historically or you know location wise, but looking at it, it's incredible. It's now one of my like bucket list places. I want to go to Heidelberg Castle one day. It looks beautiful. Amazing. Yeah, no, that that's so exciting. So yeah, I I'd watch just to see the castle. I was like, uh, just to see their their uh, setup. That's so cool. Uh, so yeah, definitely go check it out, and I'm sure we'll review it. Okay, and <laughs> and we are now. Um, listen, we just you know our past selves just previewed the quarterfinals for the Red Bull Wololo, um, and we're gonna go over. We're gonna go in depth. Uh, I've watched a lot of AOE two over the last couple of days. I even wrote some notes. Um, let me let me start with this, okay? Because I know you touched on the production of the castle before. The map and the 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 map and the sieve selection production and the costumes—it's absolutely incredible. I just want to say that right off the bat here. Yeah, very very different than any tournament I've seen. Different than previous Wololos. Um, you could tell everybody was having fun. It was a very unique environment. Um, I had fun watching it. And uh, yeah, they did a great job. They did a great job. Yeah, I I loved every moment of it. It's you know what I love how they went so far with some of the camp that it like came back around. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think there's uh, there's almost a Family Guy essence to that. Where if you play into it and then you back off, it's lame. But if you play into it and you keep going, if you do it long enough, everybody's like, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm okay with it. <laughs> you just keep the joke running, and it eventually works. No, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, I I think there is definitely a couple of things we can go over. Um, there's only two matches that we'll go really in depth on. I think if we were to kind of you know if there are two two matches in the tournament in this quarterfinal, semifinal, final kind of playoff bracket here to watch, those are the ones we're going to go more in depth on. But I do want to talk about uh, a little bit about the results in general uh, for some of the matches that we don't cover so much in depth. So we'll go with that and. Um, for those of us, for those of you just listening, uh, I know Boxer, um, kind of on a random, uh, you know, 
Hunch has is is uh is uh streaming that this part of the episodes. So if he wants to, while we're talking about uh, the the ones in depth, right? If he wants to go to those uh, matches as we're talking about them, um, feel free to do so, or at least just to have a background uh, thing there. Okay. So uh, <laughs> what I was gonna do was gonna go over the first result, um, which was I think we talked about this in the preview of this, which you you just heard if you're listening to the podcast episode. Um, we talked about how. Uh, I think how do we name Capuch Kapok? How how do we? What's the official way of of naming him? Do we decide? Uh, if you had asked, what do the casters say? <laughs> what are the oh, if I didn't Kaposh. say <laughs> Kaposh. I did. Okay, Kaposh. 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 Okay, so um, in the quarterfinals, the biggest probably thing is Kaposh made it to game number five against Jordan. So that was pretty big because Jordan is, I think. He's not he's not the 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 three uh, Egyptian god cards of, of Age of Empires, but he is definitely on the doorstep. You know what I mean? So uh, mm-hmm. I think if Kapash uh, was able to beat Jordan, he would have. Um, yeah, that would have been incredible. Incredible. Um, do you have anything more to add to that? Did you watch any of that series in specific? Not that one in particular. OK, um, that's OK. I know <laughs> Kapash Nikov, I believe, was really. Was that right? Yeah, yeah. That was a really good series. I think it didn't matter. It was towards the end of the Swiss. I think you uh, talked about it in a preview show, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that one was really good. That's the only Kaposh one that I remember. Did you, was there a certain style or like certain thing that you, that he was doing a lot of that you uh, that you noticed? Uh, just not quitting was what was what I was impressed with. A lot of times these guys at the higher level, they can feel it, and they're like, okay, this game isn't going for me. I'm not going to be pulled out, and they'll they'll pull the ripcord and get and get out of there. Um, but at the lower elos like us, you know, we, we don't know when we're done and sometimes, uh, the other guy can't finish us off. So we just keep playing. And I saw some of that in kept in Kapash and, uh, I really appreciated that. No, for sure. For sure. Um, and then we had Viper going over doubt. So, um, probably, you know, to be expected and, and Leary going over Tato. Um, it's nice to see Tato kind of back in the quarterfinals because i feel like he's a player that tends to deserve being in the quarters um yeah what was leary doubt was that a a uh a three and out uh leary no so leary played tato uh, as three and one or viper i meant viper uh, viper and doubt was, was like, also a three and one yeah three and one yeah those were pretty pretty quick and clean i felt like for sure and now we're gonna go into probably one of the most hyped matches of the weekend. If you saw this match, you probably would have been like, oh, this is going to be the best match of the weekend before it happened. Um, and that is Hera versus MBL happening in the quarterfinals. Um, so going into this, um, I believe even the casters were saying that uh, MBL said he was he was expecting Hera to beat him 3-0. Um, yeah, he did say that. Um, and he, he almost did, but we'll, we'll get into it. So game number one was on runestones and MBL played Vikings while Hera played Khmer. Uh, the game kind of starts with MBL having cross, uh, cross Bowman and Mangonels and Hera has skirmishers and Mangonels, which, you know, the more, especially, you know, maybe we'll talk about some of Viper and Leary's games later, but like this kind of like, oh, you're, you're going, you're going crossbowmen or archers. Okay. Let me go skirmishers and let us both use Mangonels. I feel like this is a common staple right now. Uh, in a lot of these uh, matches. Um, so uh, what happened in this first game is MBO had two groups of crossbowmen on each side of Hera's base, just harassing. Um, and they kind of keep the same army. So this crossbowmen, mangonels, the skirmisher, mangonels, this kind of stays throughout this game on runestones. Runestones, by the way, for those who don't know, is kind of the original Arabia clone, <laughs> as they were joking about. Um, so that that is happening here. It's, it's probably the most standard of standard maps. Um, MBL has two castles in the mill while Hera only has one. So what kind of happened in this game is uh, Hera ends up kind of putting like making a nice triangle with his castles outside his base. Um, but when's, uh, what ends up happening is MBL actually starts pushing into that one castle with two of his own. So that front line, the center area where they're all fighting, um, it's a little bit of advantage for NBL kind of in that middle ground, but Hera uses cavaliers to harass uh, villagers. It kind of in the background going around. Um, and also uses that distraction. So essentially what he does is, is the, he gets his cavalry to go out around back, distract, attacking villagers and stuff. And while that's happening, he jumps on the trebuchets. They're, they're in the middle of the map for MBL. 
um, and then is able to take that out, take the center and win the game. So uh, Hera takes game number one. And so far in this game, um, it seemed like Hera was pretty... I don't know. Like it, it seemed very even, but then when Hera like made those decisive moves, it kind of he kind of toppled over and won that game number one pretty handily. Um, yeah, well, how do you feel about this boxer? I think that was excellent uh, analysis. You hit all the high points. Hera does feel like the kind of player who like you're just waiting for him to turn it on. You know, mm. like when is he gonna like? You feel like he's playing with his food the whole time, and like eventually he's just gonna turn it on and destroy you. Um, so yeah, it's I don't I don't imagine in my mind Hera ever losing. Doesn't make sense to me. Uh but NBL definitely made it hard for him. For sure, for sure. Yeah, in the game number one, I didn't see any cracks kind of Hera's armor. But in game number two, I did kind of feel like NBL had a second to win this. So um game number two happened on enclose, and NBL played Huns and Hera played Tatars. Uh, MBL is putting on early pressure with archers um, and there's kind of archer versus archer and scout battle. Um, and this is, this was an int- Oh, I'll talk about the game in a second. MBL then loses kind of his, you know, this, this, this uh, pressure that he's putting on with these scouts and archers um, and then has to build towers in his own base to defend. Cause he kind of loses this pressuring army um, and then is left without an army for himself. Uh, MBL then starts using cat vultures to the north and south of this forest. So Enclosed kind of has both the characters in this like circle forest in the middle, and they have to go around the forest on the outsides while they're cutting wood towards themselves um, in order to attack each other. So there's a point in the game where cat vultures uh, from MBL start harassing. Cat vulture armies kind of fight each other in Hera's base. Um, there's like a wild moment here. So Hera has like four TCs, and MBL has two. Um, but MBL, I think, I believe is behind when it comes to aging up, but he's still putting on like an incredible amount of pressure. Um, and Magnals are helping him keep that put up, that pressure, even though he's behind in age. There's a point as well that uh, MBL has 135 villagers and Hera has 155. I'm sure we can talk a little bit about how crazy those villager count is. Um, but eventually the the pressure stopped um, and Hera is actually able to then just mass Cesars and win the game. So, um, Essentially, this was Hera, like, I just need to survive, I just need to survive and age up, I just need to survive and age up. That's kind of what I felt later on, um, Cavalcher battles with Mangonels. Uh, there was a point where it very much felt like MBL could have, like, was almost at the breaking point, but it didn't happen. And then uh, Hera won. So, first, thoughts on this game. And the second is thoughts on 155 villagers. Is that is that the go-to? Is that the way we should be playing this game? <laughs> I definitely think... You talk about 155 villagers. There was a lot of weird, uh, not traditional vill counts and approaches to the games that I saw in this tournament that I hadn't seen before or maybe I hadn't noticed before. Uh, talking about the 155 villagers there, a lot of Vipers games, he would have four or five farms 45 minutes in. <laughs> and, like, you don't see that, right? Like, yeah. uh, you, you expect more. Yeah, and then 155 sounds like a not an optimal number like a lot of us here 120 to 130 is the is the place to be and then start making an army but these guys know what they're doing they know uh they've got ideas more than we do and maybe that was a strategy to to bank some resources or, or try to clear cut that force in the center who knows what he was doing do you um, think but- um do you think that's like a high level thing or is it specific to empire wars because uh, i know viper and lyra used a lot of it later as well like i saw them going like 140 um like it it seems more common like it seems like a lot of these players are like yeah let me just have i here okay here's here's kind of my theory let let me know what you think of it but i think some of these guys are like okay well i'm gonna get harassed and lose 20 villagers i'm just gonna keep making villagers. it could be that it could be yeah they're just gonna overproduce they know they can't maybe some of these maps are more open or they're harder to lock down and they know that they're gonna lose veils so they just overproduce so they can uh play a little looser and focus on their armies more um maybe that's what they were they were doing i felt like um this was definitely a game that mbl could have taken do you agree with me on this uh sentiment or no uh it didn't look like it was overly in Hera's favor um it looked so just even, looking at map control it looked like so it was even, about 50 50 at the end so even though like mbl kind of ran into his base it was like one push but Hera very much you, you think he was he's i was sweating for him but maybe he wasn't sweating you know <laughs> 
Yeah, I think there's things they see in the game and things they feel that we don't. Yeah. Um, maybe his pushes weren't going as fast as he wanted to. The other thing to remember about these guys, if you look at their uh, their resource counts at the end, I think I'm looking, I'm watching with maybe two or three minutes left to go, and at one point Harrell was at 45 food. So when we're 30 minutes into a game, I think we have thousands of, of resources banked up, even if we're trying to spend it. Uh, but these guys are always on a razor's edge there, and uh, and they know how many more times they can remake that army and, and, uh, and they realize if I'm not killing enough, he's banking a lot more resources. Even having a thousand of something is a lot of resources to them. Um, cause they spend it so fast and so efficiently. So that's probably what's going on. NBL feels that he feels that he's not making the moves he needs to. And he just knows it's a matter of time. No, for sure. For sure. Uh, and then we go into game number three, Wade, this is, uh, Britons versus Bulgarians. Uh, I believe MBL is playing Brennan's here. Both players put uh, Scout Archer pressure on each other. This is another thing that I found very common, and part of me feels like some of this pressure has to do with Empire Wars game type, right? Um, I just think... it's it's What's kind of dawning on me is I think Empire Wars, with the amount of Red Bull tournaments that are happening, is it's kind of becoming the dominant... Maybe not dominant, but like way, way more popular and frequent. Like I think a lot of these players are kind of realizing that you're gonna Empire Wars is gonna be like a staple of the scene at this point. Um, and the like I feel like the strategies are starting to solidify. Anyway, I see I saw Scout Archer pressure all the time, like almost every single game uh, from a lot of these. Um, uh, I think the, all, that, all that's true. Empire Wars is a much better game to watch in a tournament because you don't have a 10 to 15 minute dark age time where nothing's yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, and I've got Hera's build order. If you subscribe to his Twitch stream, mm-hmm. uh, you can get some build orders from him and he's got a empire wars archer build order and he's got you making uh, scouts and archers like first, like the first thing you do is you drop an archer, right? Yeah. And, and that's you what build archers and you move out when you've got like three archers, you go ahead and start applying pressure. It's a very different game. I don't think you're the only one who's subscribed to that. I'm pretty sure all the pro players who's playing against are also subscribed to the Twitch channel. <laughs> they watch his own. They watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how they got the the plans. Um, so uh, another big thing about this uh, final wade is that there's five TCs on both sides at once, which I thought was pretty crazy. Um, this one is a fun one because there's a lot of switches. So like one person goes crossbow and then they go skirmishers. Then we see monk. Like there's a lot of kind of switching. Um, this is the map where there's kind of a gold area in the middle. MBL gets a town center down in the middle where the, all the gold is, and they fight over it, and there's later a castle. Um, Hera's harassing with knights, while the main army of MBL is attacking the front of Hera's base, so that's kind of what's going on here. And um, th- there's a really big battle here, so MBL kind of sets up a bunch of trebuchets right outside of Hera's base at the end of this game. Um, and there's a big battle, um, but it turns out that MBL, I think, I don't know if it happened during the fight or if it happened before, but he had a bunch of halberdiers right outside of the trebuchets. Um, and that lets him win the fight quite handily um, against, uh, you know, kind of Hera's uh, half. I don't know if it was Archer and Skirmishers, but definitely a bunch of like Kassar's and Knights coming in that got destroyed by Halberdiers. So that's kind of how that last fight went. Um, and it, what forced the fight was like the four Trebs or what have you that were attacking already Hera's main base. And there you have it, two to one. Hera's not able to get the 3 0, and we're going to game number four. Um, yeah, the, the, did you did you have any inkling that MBL might win it at this point or no? <laughs> I don't think I was working, of course, so I'm kind of bouncing back and forth uh, while the tournament's live. So I don't think I saw this one either. I watched the first game and then the last two, um, and I was very surprised to see MBL bring it back from a 2-0. Um, very, very surprised by that, just because of the stature that Hera has and, and how efficient and effective he is. Um, you just wouldn't expect that. Yeah, and, and you kind of felt a little bit of momentum shift. Um, and I think I believe Hera took a little break between the games. So, I mean, not that I don't know if it makes that much of a difference when the games are this long, but momentum is kind of a thing. Uh, then we go into the next game, which is, I think, one of the quickest games, if I'm not mistaken, in this series. Um, it's on Winged. Um, so... I don't know how they named this map, but this map just has like wings, tre- like trees, a tree line that makes like two wing or wings. I think that's why it's called winged. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> regardless, Hera puts scout pressure uh, early, but is eventually repelled 
well, I I summed this someone nice and quickly. Okay, Hera wants to win her scouts. Okay, he puts scout pressure. Um, but NBL survives long enough to get knights, and then when it's uh, knights against uh, sorry, when it's knights and cav archers against Mascos, Hera loses. There you go. That's my quick summary of that game. That one was a lot of fun, a lot of quick action. What I love about Empire Wars is just you jump right into it. Um, but yeah, this one, I kind of, it's so interesting to see Hera's like, uh, his GG timing, you know, when he ends the game. Because he, <laughs> it's like, it's like a full five minutes, even 10 minutes that a lot of other players would end it, I feel. Also, lo- like low level players. Uh, but I think he felt like, okay, well, I, even if I have. 50 scouts <laughs> you know i can't really fight this castle age army so uh calls it there um yeah these guys yeah. are like chess grandmasters like they can see 30 moves ahead and not only their moves but like their opponent's moves and so at this point Hera knows uh he knows what mbl is going to do next and he knows what he has the ability to do Hera himself and he just can't counter it uh i don't i didn't watch this one close enough to see Hera got stuck in feudal and maybe it was because he went so heavy with scouts. No, no, I, his food. I think he definitely wanted to take a huge advantage. Like he, it's not all in, but it was definitely like I need to do enough damage with the scouts, um, in order for this to be worth it. So that's why, like, I think he there was a point where he just couldn't stop. Like, if he stopped producing scouts, he'd just get overwhelmed. Yeah, at some point. So I don't fight, think it was. Mm-hmm. You can't fight castle knights and cav archers with feudal scouts. It's just not gonna happen. So maybe he like he went too meta and outthought himself, and uh, I I think I sometimes the game is you know who's who's faster to the next age slash who builds enough stuff to kill you before instead of racing you know that's kind of like the game that they played in this one yeah uh, and I think MBO won it uh, I'm gonna continue on here aftermath I love this map. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk about it in a second. Uh, it's Berbers versus uh, Magyars here. Um, so I thought this, I love maps like this. I love ideas like this. Uh, there's two trade workshops kind of in the middle, on each side of the middle of the map. Uh, and you can fight over it for a trickle of resources. Um, I love it. Not It's not like too, too gimmicky. Um, I believe later when we talk about Leary versus Viper, Leary actually wins the game without really contesting these spots. But what it does is kind of force the players, if they want to have this bonus advantage of getting these resources, to fight over these things. And I think these kind of objective type things are nice because it does force... It's nice to push the RTS players to like do stuff that they don't want to do sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, put them out of their comfort zone. So I like this map. What do you think of this map? I love this map. I love the aesthetics of it. And uh, from what I gathered, the walls... Like when you start this map, the walls blow up because uh, they had a few restarts because some villagers spawned too close to the walls and it would kill the villager. <laughs> so I guess once they start the game, the walls explode and that's why they're on fire. Um, but I agree with you. Having those two kind of resource points to fight over, if you didn't have that, those would be you know, late game, some castle points because they are kind of on a little mound. Uh, but outside of that, it would not be a significant area for anybody to focus on. Um but yeah, makes for very cool and very uh, scenic games. No, it, it does. It does. Um, so this game starts with Hera going for scout pressure once again. MBL ends up going camels, and there's a big fight over the trade workshop that happens a lot. Um, I think the interesting thing about the trade workshops is sometimes you just ignore them and sometimes you harass instead. <laughs> you know, like that's that's kind of the game. It's like either I'm sending my troops out to the trade workshops or I'm sending them right across the map to harass. Uh, then we have knights and camels versus knights and some monks. Okay, so that's that's kind of what the uh, compositions transitioned into. MBL keeps running around the back of Harris base and trying to harass his backline. This is where this game gets insane. Okay, there is cavalry slash camels just everywhere. Okay, in both the bases, running around. So you're either like protecting your own base from the cavalry that's in it, or you're you're micring around with your attacking cavalry, making sure that you don't lose it. Um, uh there's like a moment where uh Hera looks like he's in front has more villagers there's a, there's actually Hera does tend to have like a villager lead for for um a good chunk of this game when you think he might be behind but he's actually still has a villager lead um but then MBL's camels are doing work work against the knights um MBL's camels continue to run and take out a bunch of villagers lots of back and forth pressure really close um Hera has more eco 
Um, but essentially, MBL eventually gets enough camels into his base, uh, and camel archers with knights allow him to win it. And this is uh, MBL's best result ever, his biggest win ever, defeating one of the the three the three the three heads of of AOE right now um, in a crazy result. And he's definitely upped his stock in my eyes. Uh, what do you think of this last game and MBL's win here? Um. I agree with all of the above. This was the first game that gave me chills when it ended because you could hear uh, at the end of the game, I don't know if you caught it, but you could hear the rest of the players applauding NBL because uh, I think they, they're all playing in one room and then like the green room and the caster's room is uh, is one room over. And so if they talk loud enough, the uh, the players could hear what's going on. A few times... Uh, Mim and maybe Dave would shout something, like when somebody was doing something, uh, maybe sending a lot of vills forward for a castle. They would shout about it, and so the players could actually hear the echo down the hallway. Um, but when this ended, you could hear the roar and the cheers and the clapping from the other players. I thought that was incredible. Uh, this was not like the final game. Obviously, this wasn't the championship game, but this was a huge game and a huge comeback for NBL going from uh, down two games to, to winning it three to two. Uh, and and that's that's kind of the kind of moments that you want to have when you're playing and and you want to watch these guys go through, and the respect they had for each other. Hair coming over and and shaking NBL's hand, and giving him a hug. Um, you know, Hair is down and out, but he he respects he respects that play. And he respects NBL. Um, but yeah, I got chills watching that live, and uh, and I was glad I could. I was glad I was tuning in for that point live. Yeah, no, that's that's another big thing i think a lot like watching it live is so great um i think the land helps so much for this moment to feel special like i think if we watch this on online timer it would be like Woo, right but i could see the twit like twitter free difference if that makes sense like i feel when mm-hmm. there's a land there's like a certain amount of like emotional like connection to it um it was so great great series definitely recommend watching especially the last game uh if you can uh a lot of fun um yeah this this is, I feel like, one of the big kind of tournament point turning points in the tournament. Um, and so, congratulations, MBL, on that big win. And what I what I love, right, is how these tournaments give these little stories. Sometimes I mean, little like the win's big, but where if as we're watching more and more of these tournaments, I feel like the players we don't like. I kind of feel like MBL is like that creative, like cheesy player that that they kind of talk about a little bit, especially in 2v2 tournaments. Um, that's kind of my rap that I got from him from watching him the last couple months, right? Um, but it's cool to kind of see him and like, oh, he's been Hera now, right? Like, so you can see like maybe he's going to level up. Maybe he's going to start, you know, getting some big wins here, better results. So I'm really excited to see where MBL goes from this for sure. Um, Yeah, any, any last thoughts here? Or can we continue on uh, with the tournament here? No, that was a great yeah. moment. Would have been the highlight of the game for of the tournament for me if the final series hadn't been so <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, if the final hadn't became the greatest series ever. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, we'll get into it. It's like I another I could see like so I, I I didn't manage to catch these live obviously right, but my Twitter feed when that happened when that final happened just blew up and I'm like wow I've never seen so many people talk about AOE at once on Twitter. Um, which is great because I don't even visit Twitter that much. Uh, so, so it was funny. Um, okay, semifinals happen. We're not gonna recap these. NBL unfortunately falls to Leary three and no. Um, it, I think NBL might have been like emotionally <laughs> exhausted after the game with Hera. Um, you know, like if this was a different order, if it was maybe Leary NBL first. He probably would have uh, done a lot better against Leary. I, that's what I imagine. But Leary once again showing why he's uh, why he's so great, uh, winning three and zero, and then Viper being Jordan three and zero. The fact that it's a three and zero is my surprise. I'm not surprised that Viper won here, uh, but the fact they won three and zero is wild to me. Um, yeah, I. This is kind of the point where I had a feeling like the Viper had something to prove. I don't know about you. I think he's been that way for a while. Um, these guys, they're kind of they're in the public eye way more than we are, and uh, there's a lot of pressure on them. We talk about Hera. I think Hera has tons of pressure. Some that he puts on himself, uh, some that's put on him by the community. But 
Viper's the same way. Been there for a while. Uh, he's got that wrist injury he's working through. And uh, these guys don't come here just to play a few games and have fun. Like They want to win, and they want to prove themselves. Uh, and there's money on the line. You know? Well, you could I think- see that when Hera lost, right? Like, uh, Sorry, I just, I just need to mention it because now that you're talking about it. We saw NBL like, so like you know so happy, right? But then you yeah. see Hera, and he's like, for Hera, quarterfinals is not a good result, right? Yep. So, um, and I think Viper is even more motivated, kind of going in like, okay, I, I can win this. I don't have to face here. <laughs> I gotta imagine they kind of know their own picking order. Like they know if they're the top five or the top ten, and so some of them, you know, you know, if they get out of the Swiss and make it to the final eight, they're like, okay, good. This is good for me. That's as far as I, I'm happy to go. But a guy like Hera, uh, he knows he should be at, up top uh, with Viper with Leary, and so. Not getting to the final four definitely hurting bad. For sure. Um, and now we're going to go into it. Uh, so this will be our final recap here. The finals, Red Bull Bolo 5, which may go down as probably one of my favorite finals to watch. Um, incredible. If, if Red Bull Bolo has more lands and can keep this momentum, it's just great. It's so great. Um, I, Yeah, I, I've, I've already raved about the production stuff, but I think... Like, is this the first land we've had in AOE for, in forever? I've only been in the game since April. So it's the first land that I've seen since April for sure. Uh, I think there was a, a Wololo right when I started in April. Uh, there was another one in June that I watched. Both of those were virtual. Uh, this was the first one I've seen. So, Because I think it's so great. Like, I, I just feel like... Um, um, yeah, I I just I just feel like it's such a different feeling when you get to a finals when there's actually people there cheering, right? So I thought that was so so great. Um okay, let's let's get into it. There's a lot to recap here. Uh Lear versus Viper finals, two of the three um I'm I'm starting to run out of superlatives. I I need to I need to give them a mon- Is there like an official moniker for the three of them? Cuz I think like I don't know, the Let's call it the triumvirate. The triumvirate. Is that right? The Roman triumvirate. You 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 really hit me with that one. I was gonna go with something like you know, the what's it? What is it? I took you back to Age of Empires one, son. You threw me off so much. Like I I don't even anyway. So uh, Hera's not here. Lyra and Viper in the final. There you go. Um, their faces could be on that stone wall. That's what I was thinking of. And it's not an Arto. It's it's Rushmore. Uh, You're going Rushmore. for Rushmore. There you go. there that, there it is. Um, okay, game number one starts on Runestones, uh, and it's Ethop if he opens for Leary and Vikings for Viper. Uh, they both use Crossbow and Tarasi uh, and take out Villagers or defend against uh, the opponent Crossbowmen, and then they introduce Manganels. This is a common theme. Uh, Viper saves a TC for Manganels, but Leary uses Bomber Cannons to take out Viper's Center Castle. Viper attacks Bomber Cannons across, uh, attack, attacks the Bomber Cannons with and Crossbowmen, but gets repelled. And Leary gets his own castle up. Um, but then this... Okay, so I, I rushed through that. But essentially, okay, you kind of feel like Leary has a little bit of the advantage, okay? Because he's ma- he's able to take out um, Viper's castle. And he's able to set up his own castle. But there's a weird thing that happens is actually in the economy, right? With the villagers. Um, Viper is actually ahead, even though his own castle is taken out and there's a lot of pressure happening. So... It's it's like a weird one because Leary just kind of runs out of steam, like Leary's economy just collapses, and this was so crazy to me because like it felt like Leary had this like positional advantage in the middle, like ready to attack, but then he just didn't have anything left to make anything. <laughs> is, that, is that would you say that was correct? Because I thought this was wild, and I think this is what makes Viper so unique. Yeah, it's crazy if you go back and watch this pod. As you talk about an event, I've found it on the stream, and it's like it's live you're like oh and then he's attacking viper's castle and then he plays his own castle that's exactly what's going on uh but yeah viper brings in an army kind of flanks him and i think that's what kind of pulls him off because he flanks him with a lot of trash a lot of skirms uh to counter his archers and well, his, he, gets, uh, he doesn't win it though right like he, he gets that to try to stop the bummer cannons and he doesn't get it right he doesn't um, get it he distracts him leary's castle comes up but vipers doesn't go down and but if you look at the villager count, Viper's still ahead about, I think, 20 or so. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually he's able to just continue to harass. So it's a lot of like, this is what I find so interesting in some of these games. And like, this is how, why I feel these two are so great. Like it, it felt like watching the best of the best age of empires is they would win games in ways that I wouldn't conceive of winning games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would conceive of like, Oh, I'm just going to continue to take out this wood line for 20 minutes. And I'm going to win the game like that, you know, but that happens sometimes in these ones. Yeah. There's so much parody at their level. They have to think outside the box. We just have to keep producing. <laughs> and, well, I think and I think keep more our bills than anything, it's the fact that they understand, like, oh, this this player is going to run out of steam if I keep doing this. You know what I mean? Like, they're mm. literally not going to be able to be able to do stuff. So, I thought that was so great. So, Vipers up one to nothing. Then we go to Atamica, uh, and we have uh, Magyars versus Huns. Lyra gets a bunch of scouts into Vipers base early in the game. Um. And uh, this time we go. There's an archer scout versus skirmisher scout. So that's that's the that's the variation. So if if the, if there's not archers versus archers, it's it's because one person's maybe a little behind archers, so they go skirmishers, um, and then they all they all get scouts. So that's kind of a go-to. Uh, but then there's oh, uh, so th- that's kind of the skirmish that happens throughout this map. And like, I don't have like extensive things to say about this because they kind of went for this composition a lot of the time, and it was more about gaining tactical advantage or gaining uh, or finding out your opponent. Um, and the big moment that happens in this particular game is that Leary finds time to to where Viper's archers are kind of stuck in the middle, away from Viper's scouts, and so Leary sends his own scouts in, surrounds them, gets a good fight, and kind of continues the pressure. Uh, there's one point in this game where Leary has three groups of scouts that he's actively controlling all around his Viper's base, putting just an incredible amount of pressure. He uses those three groups to surround Viper's cross bowmen and villagers. And that along with his reinforcing scouts makes him win the game. Uh, this one was a lot of fun. I just thought Leary looked incredible when he was controlling like three scout groups at once. Yep. They can manage a lot more than we can. And that's not even mentioning what's he, what he's doing at home, you know, eco-wise. Uh, this is kind of a modified Atacama map, I believe, because the mm-hmm. one that we play, like on random maps and stuff, they don't have the fishing in the corner. Uh, and I think the trees in the center are a little more densely packed than that. Um, but yeah, very open map, favors favors Cav more than it does Archers. And uh, that might have been where Wiper went wrong, if he went wrong at I don't know that I could decide where he went wrong. Because... Yeah, he, even even later, he was still kind of like he uses his villagers to like body block his archers, you know, from the scout. Like he did the best he could. I I think it was more a um when those three scouts were running around. There's a point where Viper couldn't really um, gather resources anymore. I think it's like his villagers started like. He had no wood resource at some point, right? And so he couldn't keep building archers. So like his villagers, I think, started going to the um, like middle almost to to get wood at some point because they're just like desperate. Like he ran out of trees, and then with the three scout groups just surrounded that little group, and I think that's uh, just kind of put him in a tough spot. And I mean, that's yeah, that's why they're so great. Okay, we're continuing on here, <laughs> back to aftermath. So once again, this is the uh, the one with the the resource trickle trade uh, things in the middle. Um, I, I think I'm right on that. <laughs> um, so here we have fast market. This is what Viper does. He goes fast market to age up quicker, hopefully going into uh, knights. At least that's what the casters were predicting. Uh, he did eventually go to knights. Um, Leary kind of went spearmen and then pikemen, um, along with crossbowmen. And that's kind of the composition. So we had on one side, we had uh, spearmen crossbowmen, uh, versus knights. Those kind of uh, versus Viper's knights. That was kind of what happened in this game. Um, there's one point where Viper didn't really have anything in his base, and there's a whole bunch of, um, uh, I believe, a whole bunch of crossbowmen, and then Viper just made like one Magnol, one Scorpion, and was able to repel it, which I loved. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this whole army of crossbowmen, now nah, you can't deal with area of effect damage. Um, and then Viper had raids uh, with Cav Altars. uh happening while Leary harassed with his own knights and crossbowmen. Uh, so essentially, what Leary, because of the fact that there was a scorpion and these these uh, this mangonel, he had to introduce um, knights in order to snipe the scorpion so that his crossbowmen could fight. That was kind of what happened, and eventually, Viper's economy would disappear uh, through 
Leary's harassment and Leary would win. So there you go. Uh, I believe that is two to one for Leary, if I'm not mistaken here. Yep. Uh, what I found great about this one is um, I found I found that more than anything, I like the introduction of like the Scorpion Magnal as like these two units can defend us. But then immediately Leary's like, yeah, let me put two scouts there <laughs> and then I'm good, you know? Uh, so so this kind of constant like switching text to counter each other I just loved about this game yeah and they're really good at using the smallest number of units uh, to the largest effect like at one point Leary had uh, I believe it was Leary I was just watching it I think Leary had like two cab archers down in Viper's base just knowing Bills but it required Viper to focus his attention down there it required nothing from Leary he probably just sent him down there and forgot him but now Viper has to actively go deal with it um and they're just great at stuff like that. Things that we don't have the the control or the forethought to go do. Yeah, even if you have the forethought, if you can execute it, that's a whole other question. Yep. Then we go into game number four. I'm just going to keep it rolling because we haven't even gotten to the last game, which is definitely the most hyped game of all of this. Um, game number four here, uh, Vietnamese versus Sicilians. Uh, the skirmisher battles early in Viper's base. There's a point where Viper has five TCs. Uh, but is pressured with mangonels and battle rams. That's what I loved about this one. Viper's like, yeah, I'm just going to build another TC while you take them down. You know, like he just kept building them. Um, but he loses one of them and then builds a castle. And he's still ahead 30 villagers because of these TCs. Um, and there's eventually a point where where Leary actually takes down a bunch of TCs and does manage to get the same amount of TCs as Viper. I think they're both at three. Uh, then Leary gets nice to harass Um but even though he's harassing and having his knights like run through the base, Viper just still has 30 villagers because he has five TCs again. Um, uh, but Leary kind of starts to have TCs later on, more, more town centers later on. It starts catching up with uh, Eco, since Viper can't really pressure the other way. Uh, however, Viper's going Imperial first, and he actually gets Crusade, um, which builds, I believe, seven of uh, the Sicilian units at every town center. So the fact they had five town centers meant he just spawned 35 units um, and he attacks with knights against elephants and archers from Leary and is able to win. So that's how that game goes. What I loved is that Viper very much had this approach of like, I'm going full economy. And if you destroy something from my economy, I'm just going to build another town center and more villagers. And that one in this game, it was so clever. It was so different. I think that's what's so great about it. Um, it just felt like he did so much. Like, it's, it felt so different from the other games. They're just, like, this constant harassment. This one was, like, no, there's clearly one person that was, like, defending slash trying to build a big economy. And we had a, a push from Illyria. I saw a lot of town centers from both uh, Viper and MBL. MBL would build town centers with no intention to produce from them, but just to protect outside resources. And, uh, and then Viper used multiple town centers, a lot with Sicilians. At one point after First Crusade, he had a population count of like 225. <laughs> so he used it to boost his population. And then what? Like, That's I wild. think it was against Jordan. So he rushed Jordan with a handful of archers and then all of these sergeants that had just showed up. Um, so I, that's definitely something they prepared beforehand and it worked pretty well. No, th this was great. This was amazing. Uh We'll continue on here, but Viper wins this one, and, and I believe it's three to two Viper now. So Viper's one game away; he could win it on this. And it was Bulgarians versus Cumans in game number six. Um, and what kind of happened? Five here. Oh, did I miss number five? This is number five. They're two. To oh, this two. was number five. Yeah, yeah. They're. Uh, I did I miss one? You might have missed. Yes, a game. we are now in game. No, no, no. I no, I. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, the shorter recaps on this one. Game number five, Bulgarians versus Cumans. Um, skirmishers, scout, archer, skirmishers all over the map. Uh, that's 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 what I have here. Um, uh, and whatever. Oh, yeah, this is the game that Viper had. Archer, like this archer scout army just like running around the back of Leary's base um, at one point. And all he's doing is like delaying so that he can move up to Castle Age. Um, but there's like a point where Lear is like, oh, you're not actually going to attack with this army behind my base? Let me attack, right? This is on Wink, by the way. Uh, so he just like ignores them and then goes to attack, but it's too late. Viper gets to Castle Age, and I think he gets Knights, um, and I believe 
Valyria was still in Feudal Age, and that just kind of means the Viper wins it there. Is that yep. a fair assessment? Exactly you're going to have to happened. super speed this if you're going to keep up. I'm sorry. Uh, but we're just moving along so we can get to that final game. Game number six on Acclivity. It's the Tars versus Mayans. Um, they get archers for both teams early, um, and Leary is putting pressure on Viper's base. Viper actually ends up getting across Bowman, but Leary wins. Uh, wait, hold on. Was this Leary or Viper? We're, this we're is going to be see. a Leary victory. This is a Leary victory. Okay, so Leary, I believe he positions his archers on top of the hill to give himself like that advantage, um, and then is absolutely able to just like wreck these crossbowmen. So even though Viper actually did get to crossbowmen first, he didn't have a big enough amount, and then he just gets, both his little armies get wiped, and immediately uh, Viper just calls it. So that was it's the fastest game in this series, and it goes straight into game number seven. All right. My question before we get into this final game here, Boxer, is what did you think of the series so far? So far, you look at both of these guys, I think their previous rounds, they went 3-1 and one or 3-0 and oh and destroyed their opponents. And so uh, you're definitely looking at the two top players for this day. Uh, they're both playing their best game. And you'd love to see a full seven-game set, whether it's NBA Finals or Ripple Wololo Finals. You want to see a, a lot of competitive games, and uh, and this was it. It definitely had delivered so far. Yeah, and with that hype, we go into probably the wildest game of AOE I've ever seen in my life. Um, and that's not even an understatement. Like, I think if you're going to watch anything from this, you're going to go straight to Game Seven. Even before, I don't think we even announced who won who won this yet. So, if you're listening right now. <laughs> the suspense is on if you want to go you know pause our podcast go watch it and then come back game number seven from the finals i suggest you do and with that warning we're gonna get into land madness it's berbers versus tunins um game starts right into the middle oh this is another thing that happened in this game where they they already started like playing (laughs) before the recording started so we just jump right in um, where it's pikemen archers and scouts while leary has skirmishers i believe sorry it might it might not have been pikemen right away it might have been uh spearmen but uh you know the, the point is there uh viper has this uh mix of units and he's putting pressure on leary and leary has skirmishers to defend viper pretty much goes all in and in this case you know maybe a reversal one of the, some of the earlier games but viper's the one kind of going putting all the pressure and leary is just trying to get the castle age um and leary defends really really well uh, and there's a point where Viper like literally only has scouts left, all right, and is just buying time so he himself can get into castle. So there's this point in the beginning where like Viper puts a lot of pressure, but Leary holds it, and you're like, okay, well Leary's about to get to castle. There's only scouts left for Viper. Like you very much feel like Leary is now taking the advantage, um, and you think Leary's going to counterattack, but Viper is able to defend with pikemen and seems to stay stabilize. Um. And somehow through it all, like Viper, I think still has like a villager lead, even though he's the one putting on pressure, which was wild to me. Um, and uh, yeah, and then so there's like this, there's like that weird back and forth that happens there, and then Viper is back to putting on pressure. So very much swing one way or the other. I, there was a moment where Viper, when his attack was stopped in the beginning of the game, I didn't think like I already felt like oh, is Leary just gonna win it here? And then he didn't, and the Viper is like still putting him on pressure. Uh, so yeah, wild. Um, Viper, there's a point where Viper's just like raiding with pikemen uh, while knights are in his own base <laughs> from Leary, yeah. which I thought was quite crazy. Lots of pikes from Viper. Lots of pikes, but I think the pikes are great because uh, like if you find them, like when you're responding to like uh, a crisis that's happening in your own base, like you want to send the cavalry, right? You want to send the quick units. But if it's pikemen that's harassing, it's like, Okay, well, just because your knights can get there quickly doesn't mean they're going to win against the you know the pikemen. So yep. uh, that's what I think is so great about that. Um, then uh, there's a point where they both kind of stabilize. Uh, they're both at three TCs, and Viper has more military. He's attacking the scouts, knights, pikemen, and monks. Uh, I love how Viper is so like willing to use all these different units. Um, then Viper takes the lead by harassing a wood line. Um, uh, and then in response, Leary gets camel archers to try to counter Viper's army. 
Viper then places this one tower surrounded by stone walls so to prevent another wood line. Uh, so Lear is just not being able to mine wood. Uh, Lear then goes out and takes some out some villagers from Viper. So you can see it's back and forth. It's really hard to recap, um, but there's a lot going on. There's a point where the villager count just ends up being like both like 83, 84. Like they're both, they both even out somehow through all this. Um, Lear is then trying to harass with his camel archers. That was a big switch because the camel archers were kind of being the hope that they could counter both the pikemen and the um, and the cavalry. Uh, Here's the thing with the civ choices here. Uh, yeah. I don't know if we went over it, but Viper went Teutons which mm-hmm. is an infantry and maybe monk sieve. Uh, but they're also really good cavalry sieve. They get paladins, uh, they get bloodlines, and they get an extra one or two armor to their stable and barracks units, uh, if, I, if I remember that right. But definitely their mm-hmm. stable units get extra armor. So they have some of the tankiest paladins in the game. The problem is they do not have husbandry, so they're pretty <laughs> slow. Yeah, uh, And if you look at the Berbers, they've got that camel archer unit and uh and they've got camels uh, and of course pikes i don't know if they get halberds or not um but they've got everything they need to take out slow cavalry and but that's exactly what viper goes for he goes for tootin calves uh, mixed in with a lot of pikes but um you look at that and you kind of favor the berbers out of the front and i think even the even the uh the casters were concerned with viper's choice of going tootins here they, they were. However, this is where Viper's brilliance kind of stays in, like in this point in the game. Is there a point where Viper kind of realizes, like, he's not going to have a Civ win, but he might be able to win through control. Um, so he places these castles, and essentially what he does is he, he makes, like, he kind of pens um, Leary in. You know what I mean? Like, makes it so, like, his base is trapped by his own castle. So um, Viper gets two castles up, one in the middle, one to the left, um, and I believe he's even doing a little bit of harassing on that right. He has that tower, right? Um, so he, he's kind of penned in uh, Leary, and that's kind of his way of trying to win this. As long as he doesn't really get counterattacked, like he's kind of in a good position. And there's a lot of pressure that's starting to mount from these two castles here. Um, they both, I believe, go to Imperial Age. Leary is raiding with his Camel Archer groups. However, th- this is where it kind of changes. Because he's penned in, what Leary doesn't have is a supply of stone. And so when they start doing treb wars, right, where the trebuchets are attacking the different castles, uh, Leary runs out of stone and his castle falls. So he's out of castles and there's a point where it's like, okay, well now Viper has two castles in front of Leary's base, um, has trebuchets that can now hit the production buildings and the main buildings. Um, and there's, and he can, and he can repair his castle. So that's really big. Um, Viper keeps both his castles up and Leary's TCs start going down. Viper is then able to run in and win the game. So there you go. Viper does it. The king is back. And Red Bull Wool 05 is such a success of a tournament. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the final game, the winner, uh, and the tournament as a whole? Another moment that gave me chills seeing Viper win. Um, you could tell he... I don't know if they get close enough to tell if he was crying, but definitely you can you could feel that from him. I thought it was incredible. They almost immediately marched him like through the halls, out the back. They all had banners, and so they would hold their banners, you know, behind them whenever they won. Um, but all final eight contestants come out onto the balcony of this crazy castle in Germany, and uh, Viper's in the center. They're holding the Viper banner up above him. Nobody else's banner is there. Uh, you got Hera, you've got uh, Tato, Doubt, Jordan, MBL, uh, Leary, Kepach. It was just an incredible scene. Really good. You could tell they had planned out that final shot. Uh, it was a, a great way to close out the game. It was a night shot because this was probably midnight their time, uh, if I had to guess. Uh, they just played this. This final match took three hours. Like all seven games is about a three three and a half hour uh, ordeal. Um, and it was just great. Great cinematics, great planning, a great event. Uh, very cool and awesome way to close it out with... Uh, what I believe is Viper's, is that his first Red Bull victory or his second? It might be a second. I believe he won the first one. Uh, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Very, very cool shot. Very cool evening. I remember I was, I was uh, having dinner with my family and I had my headphones in and kind of <laughs> was just listening to the final game. Uh, my wife understood. <laughs> it was an important thing for me to watch <laughs> <Wow>. live. <laughs> and, uh, Amazing. and yeah, it was very, very neat. I appreciate Red Bull uh, for putting that on. I mean, I Red Bull's such an awesome. I wish they keep putting on these events. This is so great. 
thank you so much to Red Bull. What a great event. I just I'm so happy for land and the finals was incredible. So definitely recommend that last game from the but from those two two big series that we covered today. And uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, this is so awesome. I can't wait for more tournaments like this, especially if they're land, especially if they're such a cool production. And I think I think that's probably where we'll uh, call it a night. Right, Boxer? Yeah, thanks for letting me come on and, and talk more about this. I love I love the competitive side of the scene, and I like that you uh, you like to bring that into the podcast. So I'm glad I, to represent. Yeah, and I, I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit more about this. Um, but I'm hoping, um, even if my own wits are extended too much, uh, we might we might uh, have some sharing, perhaps perhaps some other podcasts, some some intermixing to help cover uh, all these scenes in a in a uh, very prompt fashion. So the one thing that I um maybe maybe i can give a little bit of housekeeping here at the end of the episode but uh um yeah i felt i kind of felt like we we previewed the final thing but there's there's a part of me that's like okay well if i were to wait you know two weeks that'd be like really long time away from the end of the tournament you know yeah um so so i'm definitely uh kind of seeing if, if we can work out something perhaps uh to have some uh some tournament recaps happen immediately after you know those are those would be great things um i hope you enjoyed our frankenstein episodes sorry for the wait however two episodes uh will come out one after another so if you're here at the end thank you so much and we'll see you next time when we see you uh for myself from boxer thank you so much for listening spread the word about our show and have a great week